Today's podcast is presented by our friends at the Iowa State University Foundation, who are constantly trying to strengthen the Cyclone community. You can support tomorrow's big ideas with a gift today. Be loud, be proud, be a part of the movement, and donate to the college or a department that you are passionate about today. Loyal and forever true, let's all help Move What Matters by visiting MoveWhatMatters.com today. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road. Recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. What's up, guys? Welcome uh, into the new version of Fart. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Jeff Woody, Colin Newell. How are you guys? Uh, how you doing? Good, man. Excited to be out here. Excited to, uh, to be talking to Cyclone fans. I'm uh, I'm doing all right. It's it's football and random things. We're we're a professional podcast here. I know it's not no none of these vulgarities. I'm <laughs> I'm excited. I. It, I haven't missed an episode since it started. Since you've you've, you you've farted regularly. I, I fart every single one day. I'm going to do one in here. <laughs> fart and, you are currently farting in here. Yeah, Thank it's going to be it's going to be a fun episode when that comes up. Today, my stomach, <laughs> my bowels are doing good. I was brought in here though to kind of curtail your analogies, and I told Chris yesterday. I said I'm the worst person for this. <laughs> I'm not there. None of them will be curtailed. Like I understand. That's how I understand football is by Jeff Woody's wild analogy that doesn't even connect the two but it compares them in similar ways then at some point we're gonna tarantino this thing and bring it back in at the very end you're like oh oh we were talking about football that's why we showed it at that point yes okay got it yeah so you're welcome for i guess education via completely random side tangents absolutely and colin you aren't a podcaster really no what made you want to do this i i uh I, i had the opportunity and um, I, I like Jeff's analogies here, so I thought maybe you know I can strengthen my uh, conversation skills some by uh, being able to throw some analogies in there. And what better way to do it than by hearing them every uh, every Tuesday? So um, just pumped up, and uh, man, love the Cyclones. Obviously, growing up in Ames and uh, going going to every game growing up. So um, what better way to to be in it than than that? I think one of the things that is nice about having Colin here. So little like behind football or. Inside base, can we go inside football instead of inside baseball? Yeah, like, oh, I'm a big proponent of saying okay, inside football. Specific. Inside football here. One of the things that's nice about having Colin here, one, is he's a good dude, which makes conversation easier. And two, is that he played center. And we're going to get into like a decent amount in the weeds on the logistics of how offenses run. But there's a reason why there's, I was thinking about this on the way in, there's two positions that generally speaking are going to be better to articulate what an offensive lineman does. The center is going to be the best because he has to know what's going on. The other one are the tackles because they generally also have to know everything outside of there. Have you seen a guard as an analyst on television anywhere? Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking of Jeff Saturday right really away. Going. Center. But, yeah, guy, center, guy, yeah. guy, he knows what and you got Joe Thomas, about. who's a tackle. Like yeah. if you think about uh, all the guards that you've played with, makes sense. Does it not? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're far <laughs> off. I think, I think there's some guys out there, maybe that are forced into positions uh-huh. that are, are playing guard, but maybe have that ability. But definitely, yeah, yeah the, the stereotypical. I yeah, would, yeah, you're probably pretty yeah. pretty straight on Guard, there. Guards are. I'm going to. They're the dudes that like. If you are in a bar fight, yeah, you want a guard, yes. n- with you because yep. they're generally they're usually pretty. They're sharp dudes. They don't really care to get too much attention, but they just want to mess somebody up. Absolutely. And they're Absolutely. six foot three, three twenty, and have like a five hundred pound bench press. That's a guard, and they're going to move people. They're going to move people. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you're going in a direction there. I was going to let you get this show canceled by all guards. By all football. the, I don't think that, you turned it back. But we're good. The the guard, con, the large guard contingent in uh, the listening audience. I, I thank you for doing your job very very well. There's got to be a Facebook. 
group out there that's just guards. <laughs> you know someone made that like at some point. At some point. No, but uh, before we really get into things, I didn't even say the ad stuff. So we are presented by Wiffles Hybrids uh, in the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Studio. Nailed that. Did not get a sheet to read, but they are both great companies and partners of us. How Blame fun. Williams. Blame Williams for not getting Williams, a sheet. Yeah. No, C-Dub dropped the ball on that. He did. Very hard. He did. Throw anybody even... else under the bus. But look at you. You came up and you, you were ready to roll. Barely. We, we made it here. This show being at 9 a.m. every week is going to throw me off. 9 a.m. is early for Connor. It is. I, like next Monday, I'm going to watch a sprint car race till at least midnight. It's going. It's in Washington. I'll watch it all live. I'll write a story after. I'll get to bed. It'll be 1.30. And then I'll be running in here at 9.30. This isn't for the week. This is not for the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I'm, I'm excited for the dang season to get here. But I think we wanted to talk a little about um, the offensive line coach and Ryan Clinton and his arrival to Ames and what he kind of brings. I want to see what First, what you know about him and how much you've worked with him. Yeah, you know, obviously I haven't been around him a ton, just being being out of it for a little while, but uh, heard really great things from from the guys that are currently on the team. Um, they're, they're really uh, feel like they're feeding into his uh, his mentality, you know, violence, everything like that, which which has to make every Cyclone fan uh, very happy hearing, hearing the word violence and, and seeing that as an offensive lineman, kind of like you said, from those guards, especially moving people, knocking people out is, is something that's going to be successful. Um, and, and certainly something that a violent offensive line is never going to be a bad offensive line. So one of the things that I think the listeners, because the, the job of, of that, the reason we're here is because, I mean, for, as former players, you have a little bit more information than what like a general, like what Williams and Bloom are going to provide. They're going to be way better at like everything that comes around the game. But once you get inside the sidelines, there's just more information because you've seen it. Yeah. Um, having been in different rooms and having been in an offensive line room, several what is the difference that a new offensive line coach can bring? Cause didn't you go from, did you go from Manning to Myers? Yep. Cause you yep. had a, you had a switch of having position coaches. What is the transition between coaches like, and how does a new coach change things? Like even if it's not schematically, how does a new coach change things in an offensive line room specifically? Yeah. I think that this one's probably a little bit different than the one I went through going from Manning to Myers because Manning, was the head guy and Myers was assistant GA, whatever we call it, called the extra guy there. Um, so that was pretty similar. He had coached him where this is, this is bringing an outside guy. And what you've seen from him, first of all, is spectacular things up in UNI. I'm um, getting some of those guys developed and sending people to NFL. And Did you ever see the stat of the school he was at before you and I, uh-uh. he's there for four years. Obviously that's 20 starters on a typical four years of offensive yeah. line if you have five starters every year 19 of the 20 kids he coached were all conference picks wow wow that's, i mean that's exciting i didn't even that's know really that so, that's my favorite stat and i don't remember the school or any anything about the conference but i remember 19 and 20. yeah i think but but kind of getting back to your question here about what he brings and how that changes offensive line and room and stuff like that and i just think that he he's a guy that he's bringing energy every single day um, some some of the stuff I've heard is that he just he's he's there he's intense that he wants people to come out there and 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 literally think hey I don't have to be perfect I just have to be really really violent um, which can be a good thing it can be freeing allow players to play fast and and really get after uh, after the other team there so um, I think that it's going to be cool to see how how those guys come out and um, be able to to take in his knowledge um, whether that be some drills that are different just the mentality um, the culture of that room and and see what they uh, what they're able to do. Yeah, I, I time for analogy. So I think when there we go. Yeah, I knew, hey, awesome. here we are. Awesome. So I think w- I, I 
just I golf is my favorite sport to play and we played a little bit and Colin can hit the piss out of the ball which is great um but when just thinking about golf and you, t- you you'll see people like uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick just finishing second or third uh, third um in the BMW this past year or past week and he his most of his irons were pretty bad like just generally they're all over the place well one of the things about kind of playing within yourself in golf is understanding what you've got and what you don't have and not getting mad when the thing you think you should be doing isn't working. So if you're Rory McIlroy and you're normally the guy that drives it 500 yards down the middle and all of a sudden it starts to spray a little bit, you got to go, all right, well, might not be able to count on that. So I'm just going to confidently say that's not my that's not my thing today. Let's just get irons to be good. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because with offensive line play, it's the same thing. You can't be perfect. You can't have a driver be perfect, an iron be perfect, and a putt be perfect on every single hole. Unless you're Tiger Woods Unless in the prime. Tiger Woods in the prime, in which case, and you're going to win the Masters by 12 strokes. <laughs> but when you're playing offensive line, maybe your steps are a little slow. Like your legs feel heavy today. Maybe your hands aren't totally in the right spot. Maybe you might not, like the defense you're playing is really weird, and like you might not have the right read. Or maybe this dude, you're playing a hell of a defensive end. You might not be perfect, but understanding like, what do I got today and what do I need to do? Baseline, I'm going to move somebody out of the way. And I think when that the thinking is sinking situation is when you try and process everything, it's sort of like getting mad when your driver is not working as opposed to just accepting that it's not working. So Clanton, uh, with him saying do everything violent, meaning you might not know what's going on. Your steps might not be perfect. Your hands might not be perfect. But if I want you to do anything, just hit somebody and move them out of the way. And if you do that, however you get that done, that's going to be a successful thing, which feels like the baseline for your plays. Your the the worst thing that can happen gets better if all of your offensive linemen are doing that. Yeah. When people are on the ground, good things are going to happen. You know, you, you look at a play and you see uh, some of these guys break big plays and normally someone ends up on the ground. Um, and, and every single time you get knocked someone down, they have to get back up and, and they're going to start to feel heavy and they're going to have to bring someone else in and, and people aren't supposed to be on the ground in football. On even if, yeah, and even if it's not the guy you were supposed to block or even if it's not the direction you're supposed to go, if you pancake somebody, that sucks. Yeah, and you're going to get motivation. I tell you what, people feed off of that. Offensive lines feed off of that. When you get knockdowns, that's a good thing. That, that's something that you celebrate and, and certainly something that's celebrated because it, it produces good things. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I'm so like what I bring to the show is like I was a fan forever before I got into like trying to understand the game or write about the game or anything like that. And social media standpoint, you could kind of if you watched every single video the football program put out, you ah, excuse me, you probably had that list of five or six guys involved in the gambling investigation because it was obvious they weren't in any of the videos. Mm-hmm. Well, Clanton hasn't missed a rep. Mm-hmm. on the videos everyone he's active and saying the word violent about one every one time every five seconds or so it feels like uh and you just like he commands like some sort of fandomship or respect from the fan base because of what it seems to be a very hands-on style of coaching that the players are responding to really well and i think there's a lot to be excited about yeah and i think this is personally i know that I, as a, as a running back, when I played running back versus when I played more fullback H back, like the mindset is a little bit different. So thinking more with like the fullback mindset, uh, which is it's, it's like an offensive lineman with a running start. Mm -hmm. So like I'm littler, but I have to hit someone from a distance. So it's like that kind of thing where like, you're trying, you gotta, I mean, you have to 
even if you don't have a screw loose in your head, you have to knock a screw loose in your head to kind of get ready for it. And the person who can keep that aggression without losing, without being able to lose your focus is a rare, it's a really fine needle to thread. So like you can have a guy who's just like wants to go absolutely hog wild and then just run into anybody and just get into a fight with anyone, but that doesn't really produce anything. So like being able to focus that screw looseness into a functional direction, that's, that's the, the, the magical little happy medium that Clanton seems like he walks. I think just the consistency there too. Like every, like if we're hearing this on, on the social media as often as we are and stuff, then like he's, he's saying that every single meeting, every single day, like if, if he's reaching violence, guys are going to be getting knocked down and it's going to be like, Hey, that's what we need. Like just hearing that every single day. And, and when you hear someone else do, Hey, you did a good job. And it was violent. That starts to that starts to breed culture, absolutely. And I think it'll be cool to see what he does this year, and then going forward with some of these guys that are starting off with, hey, violence, 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 every single day, um, is certainly something in between the lines that 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 will be appreciated as fans. And I know his kind of philosophy. And let me know what you were coached under and what the kind of their philosophy was. But he told me multiple times, like the best five players are going to play. No one has positions. Every lineman is going to know every position and that's what we're going to throw out there. Is that similar to what Iowa State has had or is that way different? Yeah, I would say that's very similar. I think I think you see that in, in some guys like Hufford playing uh, playing some different positions. But uh, I, I think that's, that's really strong. When guys know every position, you're going to be able to communicate better. You're going to be able to understand better. And you're going to be able to have have that unit instead of, you know, no other, no other position that you play as five, five people as one in the offensive line. So um, when everybody knows what their responsibility is and they know their partners and they know how to communicate that, because let's get into the truth here. There's times in games where you see fronts that you didn't prepare for. Um, Woody, I'm sure you can, you can say that too. Even, Hey, run block. We thought that this was going to go. And we thought this is where the, where the running back was going to cut, but Hey, it doesn't always work as how it's drawn up. And, and that's why you got to be able to adjust on the fly and, um, be able to make some of those reads and changes and stuff like that. So when you know what someone else's responsibility is and how to get there, um, it certainly does help you. Yeah. And I think even with, I use the basketball example a lot where in basketball, uh, there are, there are specific positions, but it can float in and out. You can play a four guard lineup. You can play, uh, I mean, it'd be weird with like the twin posts where you could play two seven footers if you had them, but like you can do that. And it's all allowed within basketball. And what you're trying to find is the most effective group of five people on the floor. Now that doesn't mean that Monte Morris is going to play center like that though. There are still specific body types, specific skill sets that lend themselves better to positions. Mm -hmm. But if you can have like Texas tech, when they went to what, like the elite eight, when they were just that, like a fit, a rock fight that you're going to win. It's everybody's six foot seven and about 240 pounds like basically just everybody across the board and that is truly like floating around it's hard to play anything against but like with an offensive line there's going to be a guy who's generally going to be better as a center because he is probably the the fastest processor and it's probably not seven foot tall like you need to have leverage at center because you you have to snap and get right back underneath it if you're a if you're a seven foot center there's just it's a lot of leverage to try and turn and at the same time, your your tackle is probably not six one because you have just there's more length, there's more ground you have to cover. So taller tackles tend to be better. But at the same, so you have like you know a guy like Tyler Miller is probably not playing center, and a guy like you played you could probably play across the line at six three six four. You could probably mm-hmm. flex. But there are certain guys that like Tom Farniak. When I played with him, he's six two. 
285. Like he's probably not playing tackle. So yeah. like there are certain body types and skill sets that lend themselves well. But beyond that, even if those guys, if Tyler Miller knows he's not he's not playing any other position than tackle because he's I mean, if you could design a tackle in Madden, it's going to be shaped like Tyler Miller. Uh-huh. But if he knows what the guard is doing and the other guard is doing, we have a combo block and let's or let's say there's a pull where he's supposed to down block and he knows the guard is going to pull and he has to the the guy the guard is pulling for is going to be oh shoot it's that linebacker that's playing in space that's going to be coming up i know that i should probably call that out or maybe i cut my split out a little bit or i communicate down and say like hey you know whatever whatever your call is shark 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 or something like that and know that you need to get a little bit more work on your defensive end because I know what the other guard's doing. Even if there's no chance that I ever play right guard, if I know what all the positions are doing, I know how to make my buddy's job easier. Then I can help him out just like a point guard doesn't ever play center, but he knows how do I get a better angle an entry pass angle. So Rob Jones can get an easy back to the basket layup. I think that I think that's a huge point there. Just the communication that can happen when when you know someone else's responsibility. If someone's pulling, hey, if they're if they're bringing that Sam linebacker up, outside linebacker, and hey, they're they're going to bring this blitz. If we're able to notify each other, this is where it comes back to the hey, five people playing as one. If we're able to help each other out and say, hey, we've we've scouted this, we've been watching the film, we've been practicing it and repping it. Hey, they're going to bring this blitz. So hey, if, on this pull, it might be a little bit quicker because that linebacker's filling this gap right away. Yeah, because you can't see the right if if it's a pull and kick or something like that, and he's going all the way around the outside, he can't see it. Like he is, you can sort of kind of it's like looking, you know, looking through traffic in a hallway. Like you can kind of tell where that person is. But if Miller goes, hey, you know, make the call, and it gets passed all the way down, and yeah. it gets communicated to the guard, and he's like, hey, thanks, buddy, I got it. I know this is going to hit faster. It's going to hit tighter. It's going to be a wider track or whatever. Cause you're, you're coming a pull, you know, something like that. A pull is coming in totally blind. And it helps everyone else too, because if they're bringing one backer, then other gaps are probably getting filled and people are moving and, and we're just making, making football happen. Woody wrote it in the rundown here in kind of an insulting way. It says, what does a center even do? But going into that, I wanted to add this when you guys are calling stuff out on the line, cause I played football through high school, not good. Right. Shouldn't have been shouldn't have been playing football that long. Should have just focused on hockey and losing weight earlier in my life. But anyways, did did you guys start your calls at the line at the center position and work outward, or is it on a strong side tackle that starts and you go down? Yeah. So typically center would come up, identify the front. So if they're playing an odd front where nose guards over the over the center directly over and then defensive ends and got a three down front like Iowa State runs or or a four down tight end like Iowa where it's gonna be two interior guys and then two defensive ends. I'm really just getting started with that because teams anymore, they're coming in and out of odd and bringing linebackers down, playing defense. It's just easier to identify. Here's it's one easier to say, hey, this is what's going on. And then we know how how to attack it from there because we have different rules for different fronts. And um, when you're able to say, say, center, this is where we're going to be our starting point. You need a starting point. So this is going to be the starting point. Um, and then going from there, everything's kind of able to, once you've played enough football and you've been able to see enough fronts and through practice and um, through coaching, then you know, hey, this is kind of how the play is going to work. So you were the guy kind of starting it off, right? Yep, yep. Ever, so did you ever screw one up? Um, odd and even is pretty hard to mess up. Yeah, that's, okay. that 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 particular one. Not, well, yeah, that's no. like, is this blue or red? Yeah, yeah. But definitely, there's certain times when it gets into formations or, or game plans and things like that where, it's, right? Hey, if this guy's a shade, real tight shade, you see that sometimes now too, and and different people moving around and. Defenses are just so fluid anymore that they have gap responsibility. After that, hey, let's let's go out there and line up in the craziest way we can. Um, 
And as you said, at some point, like if you're just violent with it, that kind of can shield a mistake if you're lucky, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But no, yeah, we we get up there and identify the front, and then you know, obviously, play calls are important. Depends what you're doing, and um, yeah, being able to go down the line, kind of from there, and and know what's going to happen, and then one person starts saying what they're doing, and um, it just kind of sets up naturally for everyone else to know what they're doing at that point. So when you start in the middle and you're able to to make those initial calls and make sure that stuff's going to the right points, mic points, everything like that, where where those first double teams or whatever it is are going, um, then you're able to you're really able to iron everything else out and say, hey, if this person's going here, we know that this is a play we're running. This is where our our double team or or whatever it is naturally is going to go to next. Yeah, I think one of the it's interesting too because when when you're getting an offensive play call in. Uh, there's there's different languages of play calls like the example i used before we started recording is like if i say ventana that means window in spanish if i say window that means window in english we're talking about the same thing we get the same result of identifying that that thing is a window you're pointing at a wall jeff yeah there's no <laughs> window in this room you. there's a window but right behind this one. <laughs> that way for anyone watching i'm pointing at a at a door um but when with with languages of offense and then also the mechanisms by of that like Colin had in the offense that he ran had a lot more responsibility in the centers that we had because of just the language and how the offense progressed. So how a play call came in under Herman and there it, it sort of kept the same structure when we had uh, Messingham afterwards, which was we tagged everything, meaning it would be like a, a random play call would be like B861 sale smash or something like that. And those <clears throat> what that meant is that B is the running backs route. 861 meant play action. And then 61 is the type of protection that you're going to use. So the only thing the offensive line needed to know was 861. So it's play action. We're going to have the mic or the, the ID. We're going to have the man side on the left. We're going to have a zone side on the right. And that setup, then once the offensive line heard that, the center then starts going through his 61 rules. So he was then saying, all right, who are we setting the blocking scheme off of? They call that guy the mic. So Mike is the first linebacker past the center or past the ball to the play side. So it's that guy. Now, once he calls out the mic and he identifies the front, then everybody else then knows, all right, we're basing our stuff off of that because we would have, uh, let's say it's one past the one past the mic or one past the ID or one backside or minus one of the ID. And you're going to the front side or to the backside or whatever. So once you get the play call in the center is the one that says, Hey, everybody, we're setting our blocking scheme off of that guy and then communicating who's getting what from what. But the guards and tackles have to know their responsibilities from there versus in your offense, it ended up, it was a little bit different than that because you had to set more of that information, right? Yeah, you know, it's it, very similar to what you said. Finding mic points is, is the key point. So first guy play, head up to play side of of what whatever structure we're doing or whatever direction we're going is obviously a key point. And um, just kind of understanding what the responsibility is, seeing how... Um, and, and anymore, it's a lot of scheming stuff, you know, third down blitzes versus first down blitzes, what you're going to be aware of are going to be very different. Um, so being aware of, of what, what they're going to be bringing to you. Um, and that's where coaches are, are getting, getting you right. And, um, making sure that you're, you're set up to be in a position of success. Um, so being able to, uh, to go up there, identify fronts, being able to identify mic points and then being able to, uh, get the team and get the offensive line, being able to, um, understand what the responsibility is, is really kind of kind of the job of the center and then working out from there and, and having communication all the way down. That's kind of what we talked about earlier. Hey, maybe Tyler Miller sees that this linebacker is creeping up and all week in practice when we saw that, that meant that they were bringing that blitz. 
but being able to alert everyone of what's going on in that situation, it allows the whole offensive line to communicate because maybe the center can't see out all the way to that linebacker. So him helping out and then be able to get the rest of the offensive line on, on the same, um, same mindset and same goal is, is what you're really looking at there. I hope I hope everyone else got that. I did, but I want to get a whiteboard for you guys. <laughs> I feel like that will make things a lot easier too. Yeah. Um, yeah Especially we, we got this camera and this interrogation light set up. Our producer wasn't very. He's Aiden. Pretty hands on on what he allowed us to do. I'm gonna tell you once again. <laughs> too goddamn bad <laughs> wow <laughs> i appreciate that that is correct explicit language from Aiden. you're the first one to do it on this show um no so like the 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 interesting thing that you're talking about like just a base defense is you have to know what everybody's doing and if there you have to have these sort of catch-all rules that fit pretty much anything because you don't know like as an offense there are rules against starting too soon. You can't move around. Once you go up there and get set, you have to stay there. Like the defense can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Like I will, I don't know if they ran that radar or amoeba defense against you. Like that, the whole point of that defense is the fact is testing your rules. Like if I'm an offense and we come out and we have a tight end on the right, two receivers on the left, a, a slot receiver that's off to the tight end side. So now we've got, we're a two by two, two receivers on the right, tight end slot, and then two receivers on the left, two receivers running back in the backfield quarterback. There's our from the left side or the right side. Doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it matters for me, Jeff. So let's I don't, pistol split the middle. Oh, and, that's disgusting. I hate the pistol. So you go, you, uh, anyway, so you're two by two, whatever. The defense then can go, ah, based on our film study of you, when you come out in this formation, you like to run to the tight end side. So we're going to set our defense in the best possible position to move that. So you could, when you walk out and you break the huddle or you walk up to the line, whatever, and you get set, the defense is in one certain situation. And then you go, Mike is 52, whatever, call him out. And then all of a sudden they move. You have to be able to react and understand that movement. And the reason why there's these Mike calls is because of that movement is that someone might become something else. So as long as we all know who we're basing it off of, there's a right answer, but there's no like wrong answers so long as everyone is blocking more or less the same group of people and the quarterback knows who we're blocking because in normal base defense you got five offensive linemen there's usually four rushers you got enough to block everybody as long as we know where they're coming from whether it's a tackle and a guard comboing one or a guard in a center it doesn't matter as You're long just as we're trying to identify who's who, moving which into four, that mic position if it's changing or not right which four are coming but in blitz looks or in shifted looks or in twists or stunts or whatever, communicating back and forth, you have to know, hey, Mike is this guy. Whoever is on that side, guard, right tackle, you're taking him. Whoever it is on that side. So you just have this communication rule that goes back and forth. So like these catch-all rules, like that's that film study of understanding, we're going to take our best guess. We have to understand what the defensive look is, and we're going to get our best guess at what the best front that we can have or the best protection we can have. But then it's Colin's job to like, hey, this shit is new. Like none of this is clear. Hey guys, let's all agree that this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Hey, I think that's the biggest thing is when you get on page and and everyone's on the same page. um, I'm coaching high school football this year and I'm just trying to talk to these guys right now is, hey, if you guys all make one call and you all plan on that, then we're all going to be working together and our rules should allow us to be in a position for that. And I think that's kind of the same thing is like, Hey, as long as you're all functioning and working together as an offensive line, you're going to be in a pretty good situation. And then I know what you're doing as yes. a tailback or as a quarterback. Like, like if it's a running play, it's all the same. Like you, there's just different. So like a, 
the mic calling a mic on a pass play is just identifying where's the man side and where's the zone side, which we can get to get into at some point later. We don't need to get into that. But like on a run play, it's much more aggressive, which is here's the mic, which means as the center, I'm going to combo with one of the guards to this guy, or that maybe on that particular front, that mic means the guard and the tackle are going to combo to that, whatever. But if I identify, if I'm back there and I see Colin pointing at number 52, I got to know what that means with their blocking scheme to know that based on my rules, this backside Sam backer, we don't have enough numbers for it. We can't get to him. So my cutback is gone. Unless this guy plays way outside, I can't cut back. So I have to stay front side based on what Colin's doing. If he calls it one guy left of that, maybe we have enough for the Sam on the backside, but we don't have enough for the front side. So I have to keep my track a little tighter. I can probably cut back. I shouldn't try and bounce this one. So like you just have to understand and work with what the offensive line are doing. And as long as everybody does the same thing and it's what Colin says that we're doing, then I know what you're doing. Everybody else knows what we're doing and we can make anything work. So like it, that's it's the they got to know what's going on. As long as they do the same thing, then the quarterbacks and running backs, we just we have an idea of what we're going to be looking at when we actually get there. Yeah, I think I think a big thing there, too, is, you know, kind of like you said, you have your base rules and then they kind of adjust game to game off of that, because what Oklahoma does on defense compared to what Iowa does on defense compared to what you and I does on defense are different. But hey, if we know that this is kind of base rules, this is what we're going to do. And then we can tweak little things, whatever that may be on run game, pass game, um, pass protection. Um, throughout the week, you're going to be able to have something that, Hey, going to the week, this is how we run this. If they do this, then maybe we change a little bit, this or that, but overall you're going to have rules that are going to be concrete and then you don't have to reinvent your offense every week. Um, not enough time, not enough knowledge to do that. Well, I've learned a lot, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to make the executive decision. This last bullet point you have here, Woody, we're going to do that next week. Hopefully we know the starter. I'm guessing we won't. I'm guessing there will be a yeah, there, bold there, OR There's the depth chart. Yeah, there's a, yeah. there will, if I know. Do you want to take bets on who's listed first before and after the OR? Uh, Rocco's, Rocco Rocco's alphabetically, was, yeah. alphabetically and is by grade is older. Does it go alphabetically? I don't think so. I don't so. think it does. I think they usually, like the ORs, it's sort of like a, it's a 51-49 yeah, type yeah. situation. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So I feel like Rocco will be listed as the as first, the first or yeah. and then jj will be the second or i agree and i feel like cartavius is going to be the first or do you think you'll have... or tanner tanner hughes <laughs> oh they, i kind of want to see he's it. gonna he's gonna or the tanner hughes he's <laughs> for sure so. gonna or i like tanner it hughes. i like when it's like uh we'll just kind of see what we have when we run out <laughs> there week one Carl, that's Every... bad, bad media move we're supposed to discourage that oh we man want, we want answers right now do you think I... matt campbell gives a shit no what not the media all. thinks no but colin he might give a shit what colin newell, newell thinks i don't well, think he cares i don't know yeah <laughs> That's not, he's got, he's got a big Colin, job. Though. You're not, you shouldn't say that to Colin's face. Jeez. Well, it's no offense. He, yeah. No. Matt My Campbell's, goal on this show by the end do. of this season is to get a group of football players pissed off at Jeff Woody. Really? And I think we can get there. Well, yeah. with his guard talk today and that insult he's thrown at you left and right I mean, all morning. Yeah. We're, we're, we're still good yet. Okay. We'll see. Just it's going to be tough for me to do. Yeah. No, I wanted to get everybody to, everyone knows you. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. you're yeah. the Jeff Woody scored Whatever. the Oklahoma State touchdown. And you guys were, how old were you guys when that? Because I'm like the old man. That would have been 2011, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was 13, 12. Yeah. 13, same. I think. Yeah. Are you, wait, are you 25? Aiden, right how, now? Are you, how old were you when that oh, happened? Heck yeah. Is that how old you I, are? Yeah. Let's I go. I was, we got old man Woody with us. Well, and you're way more mature than I am. So that throws me off. But yeah, old, Woody <laughs> is the old guy here. And Aiden is how old when that happened? That was the best day of 
my fourth grade year. Oh, geez. That's that, that yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, that's, I'm the old guy in the room. Valley, by, by like good year. Valley won the state championship that night. And my friends are like, you guys aren't going to the game. And I'm like, I'm going to go watch Iowa State beat Oklahoma State, hopefully. That so was what, their 64th state championship? I don't know. Uh, Gary. Plenty. Gary Swenson is a great man. He's Very great nice guy. guy. Awesome dude. Exceptionally nice guy. You Changed the outlook of college football with, uh, with that big win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was... Uh, Death of the VCS. Yeah, I got basically. to go to the got to go to the ESPYS for that. And there's fun, plenty of fun stories that come from that, including John Jones stealing a piece of shrimp off my plate. All right, no, you're telling the ESPY story, and Colin's going to tell a college story. That's uh, what I, I had written down college stories from both of you, but you tell an ESPY story. So the only, I mean, I've gotten starstruck a few times. One was seeing Jim Brown at the ESPYS, and it was on our way out from the where the. Where the event actually was held, it was some theater, and then uh, there was a hotel ballroom across the street where they had like the after party. Uh, and I was 21, so could actually drink, which is, I mean, good at an after party. Uh, but because uh, technically NCAA eligibility rules, you couldn't get any of the swag bags. So like you could take free food and stuff, but you didn't couldn't get the stuff, which was dumb. But anyway, uh, we went out. So where we were positioned, let's say it was on the, as you, if you're standing on the stage, looking out on the left side of that, or if you're sitting in the crowd on the right side, whichever one you want to look at it, we were sitting front right of that. So we were pretty close to the exit to go from the theater to the stage. And Jake, not uh, Jared Barnett, Leonard Johnson, and I were the, the four players that were there. And Jake and I were like, dude, we let's just go early, just get the food and then just set up in the hall and like in the hallway and just people watch the whole way. Cause there's no better people watching on the planet than like the, the, Aspies. the freaking yeah, Aspies. I agree. Right. So we, the night before there was, or no, two nights before there was like a, a welcome reception thing. And, uh, John Jones was there, not was a huge fan of John Jones went up and said, Hey, I'm a huge fan, whatever. And so kind of talked to us a little bit. He actually ended up, he, he wrestled at Iowa central. So we talked a little bit about wrestling at Iowa central. He remembered us as the two guys from Iowa. So flash forward to us having left early, I shake Jim Brown's hand on the way between here, the, here and there. Cause he was sort of in a, like a, like walking was hard at that point because his knees were bad. So I shook his hand on the way there. We get our food and knowing that there's a bunch of athletes who have tried to get into like dresses and, suits and stuff like that they're going to be hungry as hell by the time they get there so there's no chance to get second so we piled like seven inches high of food on our plate and there was out of shrimp. all events i would feel like the sps would have a replenished food a huge amount of food available yeah. a huge amount of food so any, but anyway like the line was gonna be crazy so we had this like this pile of food and there's a little cocktail tables and as people were coming in you had to walk through this hallway to get into the ballroom where all the food was and so as people are walking in the line starts to get longer and longer and longer and longer and longer and all of a sudden the line is you know, it, it's like 10 minutes of just standing before you get food. So John Jones sees this line and just goes, sup guys. And then steals a piece of shrimp. And I don't even remember if it's my plate or not plate, but like John Jones steals a piece of shrimp off of one of our plates, takes a bite, puts the little tail down. <laughs> That's some Michael at, Jordan stuff. And at that right? moment, you're like, yeah, you can have that. You can have, you know, what? if you wanted all this food, this is yours. Cause there is nobody on the planet. You're going to beat in a fight less than John Jones. Yeah, just don't knock me out. Just don't <laughs> take what you want. Yeah, my lunch yours, man. So without like, knowing either of you guys and just watching you during when I was 12 years old, I would think both of you could beat the crap out of John Absolutely Jones. Absolutely not. I, well, no, yeah, I get yeah. that now. I'm just saying 12 year old me is like, why, why is he scared of John Jones? You watch John Jones fight. You're like, yeah, no. So yeah, John Jones stole a piece of shrimp off my plate about five minutes after I shook Jim Brown's hand. So that's uh, that's my sort of like, whenever anyone asks for a story of like the craziest sequence of words you could say, 
it's that sequence of words. That's decent. Call I don't. I don't have. You any, don't have. To I don't do have. Call, I, I call don't have story. any SPs. I mean, like I'm. I don't know if I was. Gonna yeah. Why didn't your team like, ever go to the SPs? Jeez, dude. I don't. That's a good question. They I guess we expected you to be better than they expected yeah. us to be, which is why we were, we were only there for biggest upset, which is sort of like a backhanded compliment of like you're so shitty that we didn't expect you to win this game at all. So they didn't well, hey, look at us for that. There to, you go. For that to happen for a in conference like matchup and how it. It was how good Oklahoma State was, but for that to not yeah. be like Howard beating UNLV or whatever that yeah, one you year, still got you a, know, it was a, still a decent. An upset has to have a shitty team in it, so or at least by perception. So we were that air quotes shitty team. So, but not that shitty. No, you won. No, no we won. Yeah, but it was just you got to people have to think that you're bad in order for it to be an upset. Yeah, yeah. Still went to a bowl game. Still went to a bowl game. Was that the Pinstripe Bowl? Yep. And that was. one was bad, right? Because New York traffic. It, it was New York traffic, but it was cool to play in Yankee Stadium. Okay. I, played, least... I, I brought uh, a base. I brought two baseball gloves so I could play catch at Yankee Stadium, just to make sure that I had that moment when did we you, did see the we did, did photos. Did you have that moment? How cool I did. was it? It was also with it was with not, and uh, I mean it was it, you're literally just playing catch in yeah. Yankee Stadium. Yankees. I mean it was new Yankee Stadium, so it wasn't old Yankee Stadium. But like you're still playing catch in Yankee Stadium. Actually, Chris Hassel was covering the game, and he was like, "Dude, can I get one of those gloves?" So I played with not and then i played with hassle on the field and i just literally just like smuggled it under smuggled my gloves under my shirt like they won't let you just walk it out there well i mean you, you like fr from the hotel like oh, on gotcha. the bus like you, yeah, you have yeah. to like you're going to a team photo yeah, like you're just fair, you put yeah. your jerseys on and <laughs> you just whatever so like i was just i put the gloves underneath my shirt and just walked them out there and then just by the time we were on the field i was like i'm playing catch at yankee stadium because god damn it i'm playing catch at yankee stadium remember it forever yeah that's awesome yeah, I, I'm, this is a tough question, but I mean, we'll do better that, with the random things. I'll put more on the list next week. Yeah, it'll just be a collection of stories from Did social you, media. What is eight oh one day? Am you, I? Oh, just, you don't know oh, what eight oh one day? I'm just an. Am I just an old ass? That no, I don't know why. I'm the sure old, it was around when you were there. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was there in like a version of it. But it's crazy how many people like don't know the concept. So I like, don't know what I've never so heard of it have, until this year. They have sorority rush all week. Okay, familiar with that okay. yep. so the girls are not supposed to talk to any dudes from fraternities okay that's like the only rule i mean they have more stringent rules and you have to be here and you have to choose your house in this bs right okay. is there a sorting hat involved I, I don't there might be okay you know i've seen them choose their houses and it's just two thousand girls collectively screaming what okay. i assume a taylor swift concert is like when taylor walks by okay anyway from like 300 feet away i don't know I'm probably pissing people off right now too. Uh, but Saturday at 8 a.m. comes and all those like, you can't drink all week. You can't talk to any fraternity dudes. Like all those rules end at 8 a.m. So everyone just wakes up at 8 to get drunk. Uh, at and then they drink all, all day. Mm -hmm. At 801. 801 day. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like a very simple thing to yeah, explain, that, that, right? It's like it's not. And then the, everyone no, it, falls asleep by three because they don't know how to day drink. Like that's, it, it was pacing. the same every year. Pacing. Me. Did you ever, I mean, I because camp, camp was never done by, I mean, that's, if it was, camp was never done by then. So. Yeah, that was the, that's what we had talked just, about before you got here. It's just, yeah, it was never really a thing for us because and we I always camp and could And really that was, that would have been the final scrimmage then. If it's the final Saturday of rush week, then yes, that would have been the yes. final scrimmage, which yeah. is your last day. And then yeah. after this, after the final scrimmage, you're like, this is the best I can breathe, but we still would watch film the next day. Yeah. But like you, you watch the scrimmage the next day, but like you don't have to come in and act, like do anything. So that was, I never, I, I don't know about you, but like I never wanted to like drink that night. I wanted to like sit in the air conditioning and then like go to sleep at like 8.30. Like that's what I wanted to do is just because you're so freaking exhausted by the end of camp. Like celebration can happen later. Was I want to sleep. Was camp still like that for you? 
was it similar to that level of stringency or has it lightened up over the years for oh. how football has gone that direction? I'm just curious because I know like from a high school standpoint it has, but I would assume from a college point it hasn't really. Yeah, I mean, there's still a contact. It's still long days of waking up early and getting to bed late and and living in a different place than you're used to in the hotel and just being not not normal life, right? Like all football season, you go to class mm-hmm. and then you go to football. But there's like these three weeks that you're just only thing you think about is football. Only thing you breathe is football. The only people only you, you see eat. are your teammates. Yes. And that's why you see all these these camp fights and like these huge jets fight and everything like that. And it's like, did you ever get in one of those? Uh, there was definitely, when you hit the same person every single day, there's going to be people that so, here, let, me, let me answer that, that question with another question. Do you have any siblings? Yes. Okay. Imagine being on a three-week road trip with your siblings. What is that going to be like by the time you get down to three I wasn't judging weeks? either of you guys for doing but it. No, I was just like hearing this. This is for you and the viewers or and the listeners. I, like, yeah, I completely would Go on a three-week that. road trip with your siblings and now incentivize contact between mm-hmm. those two siblings. Violence. Violence. Hard contact between those two siblings or between those siblings. By the time you get done with two to three weeks, you're like, I want to murder you. Just get away from me. Stop. You're taking cheap shots. You're I'm not touching you. The the football equivalent of yeah. that happens all the time. That's where camp fights come from. And like you with your siblings, I still love my brother, but there are times when you go on vacation or when you're with them for too long, you just want to smack them in the face. So like I, I still love my teammates, and I'm sure you did too. Yeah, it was, and it was like during the time. It would never like be an off the field issue. Like oh, it'd yeah. be like a, hey, I'm tired of your shit. Settle this. <laughs> Typically, <laughs> after a cheap shot or something happened, uh-huh. and then it's like, a, okay, well, we're good when we get in the locker room and we're all playing football. Everyone knows that tensions are high. It's comp. It's competitive time. Like, yeah, everybody's trying to earn their spot. Everybody's who had a spot, they don't want their spot taken. So, and you're tired, um, you're hot. And you're tired, you're hot. We're gonna we're gonna feel some of that heat this week, and you know, practice still goes on. So it's hydrate and don't let it get the best of you. Right. Wouldn't now, Woody? I'm finding out that hockey is just accelerated football because we do that in four days, and then there's <laughs> flying pucks around the usually, ice. To usually, kind mean, of throw at people if you want. Usually, yeah. usually the first the 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 most fights per day I would say is the first day of pads, and then like the last two or three days of camp. Like those two. We're the ones where it really starts to get like. So what, what you're telling the me is there's way more than I'm even thinking. Yes. Okay. Now, not everyone is like a brawl. But no. Like, yeah. There's there's going to be a, a shove or you like a, a hand to the face. Do you guys follow the hockey one v one? You let it go. No. Oh well, that's uh, until like you just the, have more until, of a like, the gloves. Gloves come off, knees come down. The problem yeah. is, is uh, the helmets are hard. That's so true. like you, yeah. if, if someone's really seeing red and like, they're, you know, they're starting to like, most people know, like open hand, like you're not trying to punch somebody, but like, if it gets rowdy enough and you see someone really like starting to swing, like it's, I was always one of the first get back guys where like, you just, you know, you're trying to separate people just because you don't want someone to like break their knuckle. Pulling on the back, have you're pulling them by the hand. back of the shoulder pads, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to, I'm not trying Step to catch, catch your hand yourself. Oh, oh, no. These are 400 pound right, bench you, dudes that are six three two, like three thirty. Like I ain't trying to jump. And in I think them. I think like what happened at Baylor isn't like the stereotypical fight at practice. Right. Are you talking oh, about like what the, happened the in the Dave Baylor Montgomery? game? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Dave Montgomery like, or whatever. That doesn't always happen. Like it's not like hey, there's fight over here breaks out. Oh, now two guys got separated. Now they're over here. Now it's here. It's like stuff normally comes together. Everyone comes together, and then like, and you kind of pull apart, pull apart. You're like, hey, chill out. You good? You yeah. good? Yeah. That Baylor right. thing was fun. That was that was that was a crazy one. I remember like 
oh, here we're running a play. All of a sudden, like who got oh, thrown out from Iowa State? Well, that was it wasn't you. Josh, was it? No, Josh Kniffle. I thought so. The right okay. guard. He yes. like got sent up. Yeah. And he's like livid. Like obviously as anybody right. would be like, he didn't hey, do it, I man. didn't throw a punch. Like I was literally trying to protect people. Yeah. Here. Like trying to trying to break stuff up, this whole deal. And then all of a sudden, so you walk all the way up, you get thrown out of a football game for nothing. The fact that they even threw him out in the first place was so that he's all the way up in the yeah. locker room and then has to run back down. They're trying okay, to sort but all that, stuff now, out. How cool is the moment when they actually put it on the the stone cold breaking the glass. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> awesome. You guys obviously didn't oh, know that, that was, was coming. so cool. That was so cool. But then it's like, holy crap, like that's a lot of running. And yeah. then, like the emotions of like, I just got kicked out. Like I did nothing. And now you're having to come back and be like, hey, I gotta like refocus. Like you're told your day's done. How was, was his game, the how was his game, game after that? Oh, I think so, it's yeah. I think it's violent would probably be a pretty good yeah. <laughs> a pretty good description <laughs> of of what you saw after that. Yeah. Awesome. I think we're good. I think we came full circle and the analogies didn't get too wild today. Thank you. I, so. We kept kept them in check, at least for now. Wait, awesome. wait till we have to try and explain uh, why you and I's defensive front changed in the second half and the intricacies of linebacker. I'm going to have to put like one of those privacy folder <laughs> things in between us because I could tell you were trying to teach me and like I zone in and out of listening <laughs> to people really easily. And I'm like, I hope hey, he's the, not looking at my eyes the good news, I'm looking because I'm just kind of out here. The good news about a podcast is you can't the listener, if they get if if when Colin was talking about odds and evens, you want to rewind that, you listen to it again. <laughs> go ahead. Maybe we need to do like some X's and O's or something like that. Oh yeah, okay. that is, we can get a whiteboard in here. There we and go. I'll just there have like eleven. I'll just have a couple different. We'll have like three on the top row so we can see it. Deal. We'll Deal. have it all set up. If we cool. can actually get that, that would be great. It yeah. makes it so much easier. I, but I think we can. Uh, hey, if you're if you as a listener are interested in getting some actual visual pro or visual uh content to this tell williams that, that he wants that to happen this will be on youtube won't it Aiden? yeah yeah Aiden's shaking his head yes there you go. we're good yeah so watch it on youtube i love watching podcasts on youtube i'll hook it up next to the ps5 and just watch a show while i'm gaming that's one of my favorite activities i don't know you're too, you obviously, too old for that <laughs> i, I found too, out I guess. what he we listens found out to, we're the same age yeah what do you podcast differently than i do everybody does though so However you guys, uh, whatever you guys enjoy, let us know, leave feedback, and uh, I hope you appreciated this episode at the very least. We'll be back every Tuesday. Yeah, thanks for listening. Let's get it.